You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. If you're here for Teva's Talk, you've come to the right place. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 8, episode 3242. Good morning, Horse World. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned... And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. That's right. It is Tevis time. What else would we talk about on this episode, right? <laughs> we got to cover it at least once. <laughs> there was a little excitement on uh, at Tevis this year in many different ways, and we're covering it all today. Tell us who's joining us. Um, today we have Jeremy Reynolds and a guest surprise um, join in by his wife, Heather Reynolds. And then we are talking to Haley Moquin, who won the Hagen Cup this uh, year. And of course, everybody wants to, even non-endurance people were interested in, in Tevis this year because Jeremy, of course, riding without a bridle and just a neck rope. And he's going to explain to us how he taught the horse to do that. Everybody wants to know. That's the question. And, we, we're, and we're addressing that. <laughs> so. And finish in first place again. Yeah, before dark, which is crazy, too. And then Heather, of course, had the—she made the picture. She made all the pictures this year because uh, she did Cougar Rock, that infamous picture you see of that every rider wants of going straight up Cougar Rock. Well, Heather decided that was boring, so let's go up and then come back down um, and then get off my horse halfway down. Uh, so she's going to discuss how and why that happened. Uh, and then, you know— there's when we talk about Haley, I think that's the underreported story of the year, right? In many ways. Right. <laughs> well, yes, she's a young girl and she took on a horse that was just kind of a lot of a horse that most people wouldn't want want to manage or to work through all of the issues and and not only did she do that, but she went on to have a very successful ride at Tavis and uh, win the Hagen Cup. And she was able to do the whole ride along with her mother, who also top tinned. After totaling her truck the week before. So we'll ask her about that, too. So usually at this time of the show, we do endurance tips and we talk about adventures and all of that stuff. But we're not going to do that today. We're going to get right to the interview that everybody wants to hear. I don't see any reason to wait. Do you? No, I just want to cover one quick thing okay. on the Tevis this year. Yep. 94 people started, 61 finished, so that made a 64.8 completion rate. And this was the Tevis Cup's 67th year. So that's a lot less people starting than usual. It was. What was the reason, do you think? I think... Maybe some people were apprehensive about the trail because last year there was a fire and then we had this record snowfall. But ultimately, I think the weather conditions overall in California kept so many rides from happening that a lot of people were having trouble getting their horses in condition for it. Mm -hmm. So it was a combination of things, you know, and then California's got their $5 and $6 a gallon fuel 
Yeah, economy. Had something to do I think with so it too. the economy also contributes somewhat. What's the usual starts? Is it, I remember it being what 150, 160? E- easily, yes. Yeah. You know, several years ago, they often would start two hundred or more. Wow, that is a that's so a big number, big difference. But having a sixty four percent completion is great. I mean, that's exactly yeah. exactly. They made a one of the things I heard talked about a lot is how much trail work they did this year to improve the trails in so many places. The writers were really happy and impressed with all of the all of that. And I think part of that was in response to the to the tragedies last year too. So they took that very seriously and I give them credit for that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. definitely. All right, yeah. well, let's talk to the winner. He's been on the show many times before. His name is Jeremy Reynolds, and uh, you know him from the pictures crossing the finish line with no bridle and just a neck rope. We're going to find out how all that happened up next. Well, we all want to learn more about your horse, Treasured Moments. So tell us about her, and then we want to learn all about how you trained her to do the ride and a neck rope. Yeah, so... um I, I was lucky to actually work on her on when she was on the racetrack as a late two-year-old. Um, and then I, I shot her through her three, three-year-old campaign on the racetrack. And then I was able to purchase her as a um, late three-year-old coming into her four-year-old year. Um, and I was just in love with her when I first laid my hands on her. And um, I asked the trainer, I was like, who's this horse? And she's like, well, you should, you should love her because you, you had her brother. And um, I had a half-brother to her maybe four or five years earlier. And so, um, and it was out of the same dam. So, um, and his name was Genuine Treasure. And I was absolutely in love with him. And um, so, um, yeah. And so she's come, full Arab? She is full Arab, yep. yep. And okay. she's kind of more old line. Um, um, racing lines for the u.s so she has viking and um an rd5 star in her bloodline so domestic bred so none of the french stuff she's the one you won the hagen cup on in 2017 that is correct yep yeah okay. that was her first hundred yeah yeah oh wow awesome i remember we had you on as a guest then um so what else has she done um, so she won a big race in Europe. I, I, um, I flew over to go do the world championships and, um, one of our, one of the horses on the team got, um, got actually, um, swarmed by ticks and the horse got a fever and it was, it was just after an outbreak of EHV one in the jumping world. So the, um, the FAI officials ruled us off saying it could be HV1. <clears throat> so they um, allowed me to race the Italian championships a week later, and um, which was also the test event for the world championships we were supposed to have last year. But because of COVID and some other things th- and some droughts, um, the race got changed to the Middle East. But um, so I raced the pre-ride and she did, and she won and it was like it was the first time uh, U.S. horses won since the '90s in Europe, and uh, like a, a lot of the big big-time barns were there and it was really exciting. So she's 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 done well internationally as well as domestically. And but Tevis is my is Heather and my favorite ride, so we really aim towards Tevis now. But I, I'm still keeping my foot in the FEI game because I, I, I believe she's good enough to represent the U.S. and maybe bring some h- hardware eventually home. 
to the U back to the U.S. and um, represent the U.S. in in the World Championships again next year is my goal. So okay, I was going to ask about that. And so now yeah. she has five Tevis completions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so she I, gets I, the Wendell Roby Trophy. Yeah, it was so exciting. And Nugget is on the coin, and it's a it's a pretty famous picture when Wendell Roby is watering his horse mm -hmm. with uh, his canteen and that's actually like a super distant relative to treasure oh cool cool yeah. okay so uh tell us how did you train her how long did it take and what did you need to do to get her going safely and the neck rope oh can i ask a yes. question before that why did you decide to yeah do this? um i just i don't know i i always like to set myself a challenge but treasure is so sensitive to um, controlling like so in 2017 in her first hundred because we started actually we started at soda springs that year um as well and she uh, i kept getting off because she was a young horse and um she was actually like my third backup and my other horses got pasture injuries that the horses i was supposed to take to have so then i was like oh, i'll just take treasure she's easy to ride and i'm in really good running shape so I'll just take her and I was running very early with her. And when I run a lot, I'll, I'll clip the lead to the halter and just have kind of, and sometimes if I can see that I'm going to get back on, I'll just jump on and then, and then get ready for the next leg. And I'll kind of just use a, 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 just the lead as the, as like a neck rein. And, um, and that's how I decided, man, she's so light. I could just go in a halter um, so I ditched the bridle and I, I have not used the bridle since the, uh, like the first section of Tevis 2017. And she's done a ton of races for uh, all over the world and, and with speed and fast horses bounce it off her. And she just listens and she kind of cocks an ear and kind of listens to me like, okay, let's time it. Cause I, I usually use click uh, clicking is what I, I, or kisses is how I get her to really go. I don't put a lot of leg on her. And, um, so and she had already picked up neck reining just beautifully. And I just, it just kind of developed and I'm like, I wonder if I could just ride her with a neck rope. And this summer I finally is like, I'll just try it. And I'm going to do it when she's fresh. And I'm going with a group of friends to, uh, we went on a um, training weekend with like 10 friends to the coast. Um, and I, and I said, okay, this is a perfect, perfect thing. Treasure's fresh and all these horses are fresh. And we're, I'm going to, um, we're going to do three or two long days and I'll see how, how it goes. And I, I, I was, I was nervous at first, but man, she just listened so well. And I was like, I, I just, I want to do this just cause I, I want to go for the, the pictures really. I wanted to just see how cool it would be. But then I realized <laughs> she was, she was listening better, but she was also like, she was seem more relaxed than normal, which is really relaxed, but I just liked it. And so I, so then I said, I'll give it a shot. And the, the start this year was perfect, but honestly, a single track where, um, she just neck reins. So it's so simple. And then the rating for her, um, I really just barely lift up and kind of just kind of communicate by just light pressures. And, um, and I was even doing it while I was, when I, I was running with her, um, in training and, if she got a look, cause she can get a little fast on me running. She's like, come on, you're not running fast enough. I don't, <laughs> like I'm getting old now treasure. So I can't only run so fast, but, um, I would lightly just tap, 
touch her chest and um and she would just back back her speed and she, I, I just i'm just very fortunate that she really listens to me and um and it wasn't that i i can't say that i'm just this great horseman that i've been able to develop all this stuff but she has taught me how i can i just i sense like something she's actually paying attention to me and then i just I just try and whatever the response or how I got the response, I just lighten the pressure over time. And that's, a, it's, that's how, how it's just like evolved. And I just, I feel um, of any horse I've had in my whole career, I, like I just trust her so much. And it, is, it was a little bit of a brave leap, but uh, I did it in a controlled environment for the, and I, and I did it where I felt would be the truest test when, she's very fresh and there's horses that are very fresh and, and then, and I never felt, um, unsafe and I just, I felt in control the whole time and it just, it looks cool. And, and I think she really likes it. So describe the neck rope. And also what did you need to do to train her for doing like your trot outs and stuff during the vet checks? Yeah. Um, so the neck rope evolved a little bit. Originally I just had a loop. And then I noticed if it was really long, the loop it wasn't going to be very good for me to be able to get off and on and have a proper lead, like with length. So then I thought about, I, I know, I, I think Karen, I've, I've seen you with um, collar, neck collars, right? With your high ties. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was, I was thinking, I was like, well, people use neck collars all the time. So why don't I make a, uh, I have a friend um, um, that, makes tack and she she made the pan oh shoot why am i drawing a blank on her um tack um untamed tack um anyway she she made me this beautiful rain she makes all my tack um um she makes handmade um mohair and and braided reins and stuff and she made and i use i have a hundred of her reins but so we made a loop so that I have kind of like a neck collar and then I have an extension so I can clip it back like using normal reins in a sense. And then oh, cool. um, okay. I, can uncl- I, I can unclip that middle section so I have a, 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 a normal length um, lead so that I, so, so I can run with her or I can tail with her. Um, and, and then in the vet checks, I can just walk around the same. Um, and that's how it kind of um, uh, evolved a little bit over the last couple of months. I see yeah. it now. It's going to be the Reynolds Rain, available for 19, three easy payments of nineteen ninety five. You can buy it today. Yeah, yeah I, I don't suggest that a lot of people do this unless they have a super controlled environment, because the, the stopping can be an issue, but not for not for my horse. But um, but like I said, like even uh, why well, I, I did. Uh, I did. Uh, I I've been riding in the, the rope like a thin rope halter ever since 2017, but I even went overseas and literally she just t- turns an ear to me and like, okay, can we go? Like, should we go? As um, international horses are literally cantering in place and and galloping off and and people are going out of control and she'll like, and I'll l- just bump the rein a little bit and say, no, we're going to stay at a trot right now, a trot right now. And, and then and like, okay, now it's time to canter. And, and I just give a, 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 just a little click to her and, and then she'll change gates. So I, I mean, and uh, yeah. So if, if people, I caution people, if you're going to do it, do it in a controlled environment and be riding with friends that can actually adjust, like they can actually slow down for you. If you, 
get a little uncomfortable, but I just, I have a bond with her that I've, I've, I'm very fortunate that I have. And, and it's actually changed me a little bit with um, my horse, just my love for the horse. But I didn't think, um, I mean, I've been around horses since I was really young, but, um, I've never had a bond like this with another horse. And I, I think it's just because I've been willing to listen. Yeah, I think um, to her, I, it, it's know. clear hearing you talk that this is the exception to the rule, even for you with all the horses you've had. She's, you know, she's just the exception to the rule, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Would you even absolutely. be allowed to do this in FEI or do you have to have a No, I, I, you know, I actually asked, I was joking with one of the FEI, a, a big time FEI official um, and a veterinarian, that um, was on the line at Tevis, and I said, I, I, I said, do you think this would fly in FBI? He's like, and we joked, and 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 we we were actually citing the rule that would go under play because it's it, it is a it's just the the rule is a proper constraint or bridle, um, and and then the rule goes on to only block out like six inch long. Um, um, Port, uh, ports or leverage on the bits because they don't want too much bit. And really the, the rule was for overbidding a horse mm-hmm. and, and, and causing pain or, or constraint that might be uncomfortable for the horse. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't test that. I already have a, enough flack from riding in a rope halter because <laughs> I've had people. Uh, All right. That's my question. A big deal. Yeah. We've read so it. I will not be doing that. Yeah. We've seen <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, but. There's naysayers, yeah. and the naysayers were basically saying, if you're, you're not following along with this, the naysayers, were, and most of them were not endurance people, by the way. Uh, the right. naysayers were saying, your horse could go out of control. It's dangerous for your horse. It's dangerous for you. It's funny, Karen, because on this show, over we've done this show, Jeremy, for 10 years now, every month. And one of the things, Karen, who probably has more miles, what, than almost anybody, right? <laughs> um, right, yeah. So Karen keeps saying, the people who get in trouble are the people who try and get in the way of their horse. If they let their horse do these single tracks, if they let their horse decide, you're not going to get in trouble. And, you know, yeah. it comes back to this whole situation with you. And the naysayers say, you know, obviously your horse is going to, it could be a problem for other horses. It's dangerous for everybody. What do you say to the naysayers? Uh, well, I see people out of control in every kind of bit or bridle or anything. <laughs> exactly. I, I'd say you you have to do your homework and you have to feel safe at home and and not just being safe for yourself, but being self safe for others. So whatever constraint that you feel you have in control with your horse, like truly test it with um, different um, energy levels of the horses and, and put yourself in those positions, but put it in a controlled environment where you're at home and you can ride with friends where they can kind of help you along. So, you know, cause I see people recently, um, I mean, using hackamores and stuff like that. And they are, though they are kind of letting the horse just do what it wants to do. And there's, there's some aspect of that that's safe, but also some aspect of that that can be dangerous. So definitely ride with friends that will help you, um, set paces and whatnot. So you can test them out in different circumstances just to be absolutely sure that it's okay. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I put a lot of trust in my horses, and but I spend a lot of time with them too. So that's a big thing. And, you know, you've been doing this forever, probably hundreds of horses, right? Total over the years. And this is the first yeah. horse you've done it with. And that says a lot too, right? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and it's definitely like um, bloodlines and family tree. I mean, I truly believe in that. And, 
um, cause her daughter is acting just like she's going to be able to treasure has a, a seven year old daughter and she's acting very similar to how treasure was when she, she was younger. And, um, I think she's the one that could do it. And I, I really believe that some of those bloodlines, they just, they, they are special in, in, in different ways. And, and yeah, so the family tree can be a big, big proponent of some of those things, but yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I, I admire you. The other thing too that we have that maybe if you don't follow endurance, you don't realize is Jeremy runs a lot beside his horse. So if this horse ever, start, I, what I thought of immediately was if your horse started carrying on or you felt it was unsafe, you're just going to get off and run. Yeah, um, that yeah, yes, and I can kind of leap off at the at the run. Um, so that that's also a safety factor, but. Um, Jeremy, how old are you, by yeah, the way? I got to ask. That I am. At this point. I'm 43, so oh my God. I'm starting to get to the age where it does. You know, leaping off is going to get harder. I, I just want to say. Yeah, that. I know. I know. <laughs> I used to say, "Oh, it's not going to affect me. It's not going to affect me." And then, then I hit my four, early 40s. I'm like, "Wow, I stay sore very long, <laughs> and it takes me a little longer to get fit." Um, but yeah. Well, let me. Oh, wait a minute. Jeremy Reynolds is human. There's the takeaway of today's show. <laughs> and Tevis is really the only one I get off and run. And 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 people say, well, I could do I, I see some of the posts that like I could do well if I could run like Jeremy runs and and it's not fair. And but well, I, I am competing against typically lightweight women that I'm giving up 30, 40 pounds when I'm at my lightest. So I that's my way of being able to kind of be in the hunt of the game and um kind of um make the playing field even. And I've been fortunate that Tevis, I mean, I can do that now, but like international, like we're all at the same weight. So I, and you know, people say, oh, horses get used to the weight. Yes, but it's still physics. And if, if you have it similarly fit horses and, and you both, you're giving up 40 pounds, I mean, you're still at a deficit. And, and if you go train with us at any time during the year, and you see Heather and I on a big climb and she's usually on a, she, a lot of time will have a fitter, uh, a fitter horse, or I could have the fitter horse. She's still going to whoop me up a big climb if we have that kind of weight discrepancy. So I have to make it up and I make it up with my feet. So how okay. much did you okay. run this year on Tevis? Yeah, that was- um, I would say I was in the mid 20 range and most of that is downhill and treasure's not, a, um, I don't consider her a very good downhill horse. And, she has arthritis from her small, you know, for, from her early years on the racetrack. So I have to, um, those are things I have to look out for. And, um, she has just a little bit of arthritis in her ankles. And, um, so I, I, I don't mind it. I, I feel like the, that's the least I can do since, um, I am ru- running up with, um, tiny, tiny people. So, um, and I'm fortunate that I can do that. And that is one reason I I've been able to do well, but with running with horses, sometimes, um, you can make big, big mistakes in years. I made mistakes where I was very fit and I was able to run up some of the bigger climbs at tennis. And that actually, when I went in, into the later miles, I didn't have any, my horse didn't have any legs left because, um, I kind of outran him by going up the big climbs instead of taking easy. So, yeah. Karen, I would have a different answer uh, for Jeremy (laughs) for those people. I'd say you can get off and run. Yeah. Yeah. So when they say, well, you have a disadvantage because you, or, you know, I have a disadvantage because you get off and run, but they could do the same thing. There's nothing stopping them from doing that. 
Yeah, well, most of the guys up in the front <laughs> yeah. do take off. Uh, they too, they do get off on some of the really treacherous downhills and give their horse a break. I, I think more it's a safety factor because some of the downhills are so rocky. It's like you're walking anyways, or you're going at such a slow like walk jog pace down some of these descents that why, why not give your horse a break? I think it's fair. <laughs> so. So, Jeremy, how did this year's course on Tevis compare to previous years? Um, I mean, other than the start being the difference, and I, I, I do like that start. Um, I think it's a much safer start, to be honest, um, because you're not bottled down into a single track so quickly so like quick. we are in the normal start. Yeah, but um, it was it did make for a much faster race, but also the race, I think, in the last 10 years has been getting faster. Um People, you know, um, a lot of people have been trying harder and harder and harder, and I have to work a lot harder than I, I used to, um, to stay up in the front group. Um, but I, I, what they did and the amount of money that the Tevis spent to put this race on this year, the extra money and the extra effort and, um, and our trail boss that spent tons of time um securing these trails and and heather and i actually with our friends we cleared a lot of the the new sections of trails because they were cleared for mountain bikes which are great and they do a great job but they don't think of the overhead problem so we had to drop a lot of big limbs overhead and um and i'm, and I'm finally just got my poison oak cleared up from work oh, doing the trail the, the few <laughs> weeks leading up to the race but um i like to give back in that way heather and i always do trail work and try to get rope some of our friends that don't always um, do trail work into like, let's go clear our trail so we can go have a good weekend. And everyone doesn't, or people don't have to worry about getting slapped in the face by poison oak or a big branch or something. (laughs) But um, yeah, it was amazing what they had to do and, and all the road, they, I mean, they closed down a a whole road and then gave us um, um, like a, they, on one of the bridges, they, they closed down just one lane. It was a major, it's a major thoroughfare. It's a major highway through the, through the foothills. And, um, it was amazing that the community and the city of Auburn, um, help us with that. And, and then just everyone that manages the Tevis, the amount of effort and energy that goes into this is, is just amazing. And I love that about our sport that even though our sport is kind of more on a decline just because of the, the baby boomers maybe retiring. I think that's a, what a big driving factor, but I just love the sense of community for the tennis and, and that's what it is. We're a family and, and we all want to ride our horses and have a safe trail. And well, I we want to congratulate the, the you. I under, yeah, thank you. I, yeah. Um, on Reynolds racing, you guys brought seven horses to the start. Yeah. Seven, five of our and how own. Did, and two, how did that turn out? Horses, yeah. Um, we did great. We, we only had two not finish and, um, they were really, both of them ended up falling down at one point and, um, they just got a little stiff and and the miles caught up with them and, um, but they looked great the next day. Yeah. So, and and then we had a couple foreign riders and super excited. It was, uh, this Italian gentleman's, uh, he spoke no English. He had a, he had a translator and it was his dream. And he's even done um, some of like the polio races in Italy. And he's been right, uh, which is like bareback racing through the city streets in, in Italy. And, 
that's a pretty amazing and he's into um fbi endurance and he has a killer really good international record but that was just fun seeing that and sharing that with um international riders and every year we have some but the story of like this this is his life savings and he's just a simple woodworker mm-hmm. he he calls himself so it was pretty amazing that's neat wow yeah I can't imagine getting seven horses ready for Tevis. That must have been one heck of a schedule. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And Heather and I, I mean, we we work our butts off that last few months getting ready for that. And I mean, it's a whole year thing, right, to get them ready. But um, it, once we get to California, because we have to, uh, the, tr- the the training takes longer. It, it just, it, it, it. It just takes uh, it just takes a lot more work to get them ready. But we, I mean, that's our life. We just love it. Yeah. Now, is there any chance we could talk to Heather for a minute and hear about Sonic? Oh yeah, yeah. Why she decided to do Cougar Rock up and down? Uh. Yeah, up and down. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning, Heather. Good morning. Hey, thanks for talking to us. You're our surprise guest. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> Ta-da! Well, is. congratulations to you as well for another top 10 finish at Tevis. How many does this Thank make you. for you? Um, well, eight completions. Uh, and shoot, I don't know how many top 10s out of the eight. <laughs> I think four or five. Yeah. Okay. Can you tell us about your horse, Sonic? Yeah, so Sonic is an interesting guy. He's a bit, uh, he's a sweet horse. He's a bit reactive, I guess I'd say. <laughs> um, he is an 11-year-old uh, gelding that was bred to be on the racetrack. And Tenny Bluen had him as a young horse and had sent him to us for training, hoping that we'd fall in love with him. And we absolutely did. Um, but at the time, we were reducing numbers and we just couldn't find a way to make our numbers less to keep him so I sent him back to her, and then through a string of events, he ended up with a client of ours and eventually ended up being our horse. So I've been riding him and known him for four years. I have three years of endurance on him, but we just recently bought him this January. And he's kind of a big boy, isn't he? Yeah, he's really big. I think when he's totally fit, I'm, I haven't put him on a scale. I think he's probably around 1,100 pounds when he's fit. Wow, wow. Okay, and so can you tell us about your Tevis Rock experience? Yeah, Cougar Rock, why'd you go up and down? Was it just fun? Yeah, it was so fun, especially the, <laughs> especially the landing. I bet you still um, have bruises. <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, um, it, it ended up not being nearly as bad as it could have been, but yeah, so I decided I was riding alone all of a sudden, and we had been with a group up to Lion Ridge, and then we were alone, and Sonic was being perfect. I thought, you know, I really do want a picture of this horse just to have forever because I really, this horse is special to me. So I thought, okay, he's being super coordinated. He's listening really well. I'm going to go up the rock. So I go, start going up the rock. And on the big hop part, I slowed him and, and hesitated for just a moment to take a look because it looked different to me. And I wanted to see which way was best to, to aim him before launching him up the rock. And as I hesitated, and Sonic is a very quick decision kind of guy, but as I hesitated, five horses took the bypass. So then he looks over there and goes, Heather's lost. She's hesitating. She doesn't even know where we are. Like, we should be down there. And I go, no, no. So then I gunned it and said, jump the rocket. So he does that big launch off picture. And he launched so hard that he kind of landed up on top of the rock like a kangaroo. So he landed on his hind end. And then he just started collapsing and he was going to go over backwards. And I'm thinking, Mm. oh, this is going to be really bad. And instead of that happening, he pirouetted and 
leapt back down, which was, that was horrifically terrifying. <laughs> yeah, you're looking straight down. <laughs> yeah, and, and all my view was, like, this is a lot of sky. All you see is the sky, and, and it's just, you're going really high really quickly, and there's a lot of sky, and I'm thinking, oh, and I yelled something very loudly right then, and um, yeah, so then when he landed, I was still with him when we landed, but there was that big rock outcropping that's usually in all the pictures that kind of almost like devil summit it's not it's a big craggy cougar rock thing and then when he landed he, we almost hit that so as soon as he landed he had to hop left so it's like a ping pong maneuver down the rock and when that happened i got tossed pretty good over his left shoulder and i could have maybe clung maybe and as i'm clinging there for the brief moment i thought i'm gonna pull this horse over because he was turning left and all my weight was flying right and so i just let go and so then that's how I, yeah. And then luckily the, uh, the lady that directs the traffic that says you can go over or around, I yelled to her from the ground, grab my horse. Cause he was just going to go right on by and go with the other horse that he'd seen. And she was able to reach out and grab him. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then I told the photographer, I looked up like, how did the horse land? This is a farm off the ground. And he goes, well, how are you? No, no. How did he land? Cause I, just, <laughs> I didn't even know how, like, is he all cut up? Like, what am I going to be expecting here? And the photographer said, no, he looks great. I said, okay, great. Well, I will not be coming back up. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how bad? I mean, went. you must have. Those rocks had to be hard. Yeah, they were pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. They are. All Ouch. bruised up or any, nothing serious injuries? Uh, like, oh, no serious. Nothing serious, no. Okay. When I got back on, it was just a little <laughs> bit like, oh, this is going to suck because <laughs> my glute took the impact. So when I got back on, um, yeah, that was sore. And then I'm thinking, how am I going to run down the canyons now? <laughs> but that it all worked out. Oh man, you're tough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was the picture of of the uh, of the whole event. I think right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to have those framed in, in tandem. <laughs> like going up well, you, got, down. you wanted a special photo. Now you yeah, have I one. got a special that, one <laughs> that nobody else has. <laughs> Yeah, one of a kind. Heather, uh, take that one photo. You don't need it again. We don't need a duplicate of that photo. Yeah, it's done. In in fact, I think I've I've completed my cougar rock pictures in general. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You're going to be one of those five horses on the bypass from now on. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, congratulations on your top ten. You and then you still finish top ten. So well done. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That was Sonic's first hundred. So that was pretty exciting. That's amazing. And That's how old is Sonic again? He's 11. 11. So he's got a bunch more to go yet. Yeah, and, hopefully. And so how many Tevis and Hagen Cups between you and Jeremy now? Um, Jeremy has five wins and four Hagens, and I have three wins and two Hagens. Wow. Oh, he has That's three Hagens. amazing. Sorry. Five wins, three okay. Hagens, and I have. Okay. Yeah. So it's 13 Cups. So wow. another 13 wow. to add to Treasure's 13-year. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> she was 13 years old, 1300, number 13, Jeremy 13th attempt at Tevis, and now we have 13 cups. Yeah, so. Well, congratulations to both of you. Thank you. Always been great about coming on the show, and we appreciate it. I'm sure everybody's going to be waiting to hear how he trained a horse and how you fared on on the rock. So um, we do appreciate you joining us again. Yes, thank you. Oh, you're very well. And now we're going to be talking with Kristen at the Distance Depot. Good morning, Kristen. Good morning. How are you? We're doing really good. And we're looking forward to hearing about some of your new horse treats that you have, as well as electrolytes. 
Yeah, we do have some new horse treats. We have the um, new German muffins, and they come in different um, varieties. So we have the regular German muffin, which um, the horses love. And we also have um, peppermint German muffins, and it has a great big red and white peppermint in it. So, of course, that they really love those. Um, we have a veterinary office down the road that um, dispenses their meds in these muffins. So um, oh, they were the ones nice that said, know. you need to have these. <laughs> and we do have the the dimples treats as well, which are also a pill pocket. But I used to just divide them up um, because they're just extra tasty and the horses love them. Um, so I have those. I have the dimples in a trial size. Sorry, there's our store phone. Um, but we also have the buckets of the dimples. And then we have a peppermint um, Euclid treat as well as the Speedy Beat and Fiber Beat mashes. And those can be used as treats or like at a vet hold. Um, and you just add water and they're quick soaking. So those are awesome to have on hand as well. And the horses love them. So, and then I think we have a pretty extensive line of electrolytes, um, probiotics and supplements that are all um, geared towards our sport and work well for our sport. We have um, the ABC ProBi, which is great. Um, we have two sizes. We have the gallon size, um, which is very economical. And then we have the 16 ounce container. And that little container is pretty cool because you just squeeze it and it doses up um, 16 ounces and you can pour it into your little dosing syringe, your 60 CC syringe and just give it orally. Um, I've used it on colic horses. I use it during travel, after travel, and of course, during a ride. Um, it helps, you know, get those little micro microorganisms back in um, that they may lose while being stressed. Um, we also have powders. We have tubes, um, one dose syringe tubes that you can carry in your pack. And we also have three dose syringe tubes of the electrolytes in different, um, couple of different companies. Light Now is one of them that's really popular. Of course, mm -hmm. the Enduramax. The Enduramax Plus is a paste and it has um, some buffer in it for the stomachs because the electrolytes would give so many um, especially on the longer distances. So it helps with the stomach um, to protect mm -hmm. the stomach so that it doesn't get irritated. Um, but lots of different things. The funky unicorn is new. Um, that's a little electrolyte treat that you can give. Just makes them thirsty. It's a good way to use your treats. Um, why not entice them to drink? Um, and they're uh, fun. They come in three flavors, mint, apple, and banana. So there's some fun fun options on there oh. as well. Yeah. Good. And I see you have um, Light Now. I've used that. And I've used Enduramax yeah. and mm -hmm. Light Now and most of them over the years. And yeah. you've also got some Redmond. Um, we do have the Redmond products. Mm -hmm. okay. We have the Crushed Red and then we have the Daily Gold. That's a stress relief clay it's a it comes sort of like a powder um, and you can mm -hmm. feed that daily um, or free um, in their food or in a, di a separate dish I used to just leave the Redmond rock crushed um, we have rocks on a rope and the big giant Redmond rock salt which 
you know, has, I don't know how many minerals, but so many more than your little salt, regular salt block that you get. Right. Those right, regular yeah. salt blocks, I think they have like 11 minerals or something. And this is mined right here in the U.S., I believe in Utah. In Utah, that's right. And yeah, you know what? Yeah. We use the human, they make it, it's the same stuff. They make it in human packages, and that's all the salt yep. we use. We don't use regular salt. Yeah. We haven't used regular salt in either. years. Yeah. yeah, we don't either. It's no. on our table here in the break room. Yeah, it's just all. <laughs> so, yeah, it tastes so much it. better. It does taste so much better. Yep. It's yep. better for you, too. Okay, so how would somebody get in touch with you? Well, they can give us a call, toll-free, 866-863-2349, or visit us at www.thedistancedepot.com. Our next guest is the 2023 Hagen Cup winner, claimed by Haley Moquin of Spring, Texas, who won the coveted honor on her Arabian freaky, which she calls him. For those that don't know that are new to endurance, what's the Hagen Cup? The Hagen Cup is awarded to the horse that the veterinarians deem to be not just in really good shape, but they also have different um, considerations. They also consider horsemanship as part of um, the scoring and stuff. So part of it has to do with the rider and how they handle the ride and get through it, you know, <clears throat> their horsemanship skills, you know, how they treat their horse and other people on the trail, as well as the horse looking to be in really good condition when they show for um, what is normally called best condition the morning after the ride at, at 10 o'clock in the morning. And we're going to find out from Haley how that all came down and how that happened. I'm so excited to get to talk to you. I want to say congratulations. Thank you. And how many Tevises have you got now? I've started four and finished three. Now, are you hooked? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay, so you're from Texas? Yes. Yes, and so you came out to Texas along with your mother who also rode? Yes. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about the events that happened for you guys the week before, Tavis? Um, so we came up um, the Friday before Tavis so that the horses would have a week um, in California. And so on Monday, whenever we were driving down, to the, uh, down the canyon to go to the Airbnb, we were actually hit by a drunk driver and it totaled our truck. So oh, rather geez. than having a peaceful week before Tevis we had to run around and get police reports and find a truck to take um to the start of Tevis and luckily Andrew Gerhard loaned us his truck and he let us take that truck back home too to Texas well at least you weren't wow. fretting about the ride uh oh, yes <laughs> so we're like we have okay? to have a good ride <laughs> were you both okay yes we were okay being shook up I'm sure Yes, we have PTSD wow. now when we drive in the canyons. I bet. Oh, I bet. So when did this happen? What time of day? It was 7.30 on a Monday, which was crazy because I don't know who, you know, gets drunk at 7.30 on a Monday. <laughs> well, it must have been all <laughs> night. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm thinking. 
Oh, gosh. Wow. I'm so glad you guys turned out okay and were able to um, pull it all together. Um, so the next question I have, and um, of course, we want to talk about the Tavis as well, but I want to hear PJ's story, or as you call him, Freaky as well. And um, so mm-hmm. tell us, what is his registered name and how did he earn his nicknames? His registered name is I'm Hot and Bothered which is wonderful, you know, <laughs> matches best his registered name ever. <laughs> yes. Best registered name ever. And, um, he's just an all hands and feet inside the ride at all times. When you ride him, he's super sensitive and he is super routine and anything that's out of his routine, he's going to have a meltdown about. And so he just kind of loses his mind sometimes. So you just have to be really calm and patient and, Try not to scare him. He hates it when I wear the color pink. He's just, that's how he got (laughs) freaky. He's so weird. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So let's go back to the start about when he first arrived. And he he was going to be Heather and Jeremy's horse, wasn't he? Yes. They literally owned him for two hours. And he was supposed (laughs) to be 15-1. With a stick and level, they had a vet go out and see him before he shipped to Florida. And they're like, oh, you won't be disappointed with his size. And I was there with them um, doing the three-day hundred in Florida when he arrived. And he was he's barely 14 too. Like, that's pushing it, kind of lying a little bit. And so, you know, Jeremy was upset because, you know, they're taller people and he was really tiny. And so I love the bloodline. We have um, his uncle, who my mom rode at Tevis. And in 2019, I got third place on his aunt, OG. And they're just fabulous bloodlines. I was like, I will take him. So that's how I ended up getting him. And um, he was supposed to be broke to ride, but just difficult to get on. And so (laughs) we're like, that's no problem. But shortly after I had him back in Texas, it was like, traumatized from getting on him if you got on him he was scared and then he would not let you off of him you were stuck on him that's kind of crazy that's freaky (laughs) yes so freaky so what does the pj stand for princess jeremy named after (laughs) jeremy reynolds I think that's great. And so then, of course, you kept working with him. You didn't give up. What kept you going? I think mostly because I kind of felt like I was stuck with him because I didn't want him to go into a bad situation where, you know, he'd go to the kill pen because he's definitely horse that could end up there. His breeder had told me to euthanize him. And so um, I did try to give him to Cassandra. Um, in California who has his half brother, one son, but her trainer said that she, he couldn't train a horse like PJ. And so I ended up just, um, deciding to send him to training because if I was going to keep him, I was like, well, maybe he can be okay. And so, um, Hillary Bachman, she did help me some with his training and cause it was expensive. He had to go to the trainer for a while the first time, but, um, we decided to send him to Dan Keene after I think I'd had him three months. Mm-hmm. And so I did get on him after 60 days. Um, and he was great the first time I rode him. I rode him in the round pen at the walk after 60 days. And then the next day was whenever I rode him and 
he was fine. And then he kind of like stumbled a little bit in our round pen. And then he just started running as fast as he could and would not stop. When he would stop, he would shake. He was so scared. And if I even like barely moved to get off of him, he would just start running again. So I ended up just having to grab onto the round pen panels and let him bolt out from underneath me. But that took me an hour and a half to get him used to me reaching my hand out to touch the panel. Oh, boy. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I called my mom afterwards and I was like, I don't think I ever want to ride this horse again. You know, some of the best horses are some of the most difficult ones. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. He is so crazy talented. So, you know, after I did his first 50, it was like, okay, you know, he's amazing. So I just stuck with him. He had to go back to the trainer this past March because he decided he wasn't broke to ride anymore. Same thing. I couldn't get on him. If I did kind of bail on him, then he was just wanting to run off like crazy. But he did let me off. Thank goodness. Wow. Wow. So how was your Tevis start on him? It was a little intimidating because um, everything in PJ's world has to be pretty perfect. I feel like for him to have good things. And so his main issue is the initial mount of the day. That's the only time I really have an issue with him. And so at the start being in Soda Springs, we're all kind of crushed in together. So there's horses everywhere and people and doors, you know, opening and closing and headlights. So he was pretty amped up. And so I was like, oh my goodness. So he was prancing and not really listening to me on the ground. And there wasn't really a great place to get on. And so I was like, well, I guess we're going to have to see what happens. You know, worst case scenario, he's going to run off, you know, that'll be exciting. But um, I put my hand in my stirrup and kind of leaned my weight into it. And he froze. I was like, perfect. This is my moment. And I got on him and he stood there. But um, he was a little jiggy the first mile and a half. He didn't like going through the chute where you give your number to go out to the start. They had to widen it up quite a bit, but we survived that. And then he calmed down pretty quickly. He loves group rides. Okay. Once he gets going, he settles in okay? Yes. And like the more horses that are around him, the better he does. It's weird. He likes to be in the drama in a sense, what I always said. It's weird. Okay. Wow. Wow. So how did the rest of the ride go for you guys? It went pretty good. It was a pretty fast start being on the road. And so I kind of felt like, you know, my mom and I were kind of water skiing because like it was just so crazy fast. But um, PJ was really good. Um, He was pulsing down really quickly. My mom's horse was a little bit more amped up and wasn't pulsing down as quickly, but she survived. Thank goodness. And We did have a really good ride. Um, At Confluence, mile 95, PJ actually started choking at the vet check. And so that was like, oh, my gosh, you know, five miles from the finish, you're in the top 10. And you're like, oh, my goodness. So I just started, you know, surrendering some water down his throat and massaging his throat. And he ended up getting out of it pretty quickly. But he was just so hungry. He was, like, chowing down on alfalfa. But... Yes, I'm like, oh my goodness. I've done that. Yeah. I know how he feels. Uh. <laughs> yes, so hungry. He's just like inhaling yes. everything. Then all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, oh gosh, this is not good. My mom's like, are you ready to go? I'm like, no, give me a couple minutes. 
And then after all of that, you end up winning Best Fit Award anyway. I know. I was like, who would have known? The horse, he choked five, mi- you know, five miles before the finish. He, well, at least the rest of the day was not. He did have one giant bolt in the canyon going down the swinging bridge. A tree had fallen down behind us. So that oh. scared him to death. But luckily. Oh, he, gosh. Yeah, that, that can be really scary. Yes. So scary. Yes. Heather was jogging off in front of us. And I was in the middle. My mom was behind me. And all of a sudden, there's this, this tree you know, coming, but Heather's horse didn't really care too much. And so they all kind of stopped right behind Heather. I was like, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Trees attacking you on the trail. It's not something yes. that uh, horses enjoy a lot. Oh, yeah. No, no not at all. <laughs> so did you get to ride the whole Tevis with your mother? I did. That's it has great. always been her dream to top 10. Um, her uh, horse is a really great horse. He's probably one of the best horses I've ever ridden, but she's more of a conservative rider. And so I was like, come on, mom, you got to do it. Like you and Finn, you know, deserve to top 10. He's that good of a horse. And so I had to kind of push her along a little bit because especially on the downhills, that's where we make up a lot of our time at Tevis since we don't have any um, uphill training very good from Texas. And so, but we did it. Well, good job. Congratulations. Are you planning on coming back again next year with this horse? Yes. My mom is not going to come back. I think she's kind of tired. Every year that she comes to Tevis, something bad happens. The first year, her horse got um, hot-nailed. Last year, she rode her ankle at Forest Hill and had to ride the rest of the race with a rolled ankle. And then this year, the truck. Mm-hmm. So she says she's just going to come and fly in, but She'll I am planning you. on bringing TJ. <laughs> yes. I think that's a better plan, Mom. <laughs> yes. yes. One chair. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. exactly. Yep. A lot less work, too. You can drink the whole day. It's perfect. Yes. yes. Yep. <laughs> Haley, congratulations and well done. Thank you so much. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there, stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org. So, Karen, what was your overall impression of, of Tevis Cup this year? You, I know you follow it, like, intently all day. So, Well, actually, this year I didn't. This was the day I found a little two-horse bumper pull trailer in the Bay Area, and so we were driving all day. But I was checking it on my phone. I'm sure you were. <laughs> and it looked, um, <clears throat> looked like it was well-managed, well-run, as usual. Lots of volunteers. The trail had a lot of work done on it. it the completion rate was higher. The weather cooperated. So I think it was a very successful ride this year. Did you miss not being there? A little bit. Um, God, if I could get a horse like Bo, I think I would, you know, that I felt that I was confident enough in their abilities, which I'm working on that. I think I have one. Um, I, I'll be back for and, sure. And you're going to ride bridalist after hearing all of that? Um, probably not. Um, <laughs> you know, but I am working. I've got Jovi. I'm riding him in a rope halter now. Oh, cool. And he's, he's doing really good. Um, and a hackamore. Um, I'm working on different things just to see how responsive he is. And he's doing 
actually quite well. I'm, he's coming along, and we're so we're working on that. I've got eight of his completions, so it might be nice to try for ten. There's always that next number, isn't there? There is. <laughs> <laughs> so now you have a trailer. Are you going to be going to competitions here soon? Well, I've I've already got my living quarters trailer, right. but I was trailering out, you know, a couple times a week, and it was starting to get a little old having to back up the big living mm. quarters trailer back. So this to the is barn. just for the short training and, and, jumps. And so, yeah, yeah, this is just for the short stuff getting around. It's you know, I'm still getting used to driving a short trailer compared to the long one. So, um, but uh, I backed it up just perfectly the other couple days ago. So, um, yeah, we're. Uh, we're getting out there, and, and now I can get to more rides, you know, quick and easy in and out and uh, not have to haul the living quarters everywhere. Gotcha. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm. Uh, it's always fun to follow this. And, of course, this is immediately followed by the Mongol Derby, which we've been covering here with uh, Devin Horn, uh, obviously endurance rider who's well-known and has done the Mongol Derby three times. And it's been a quite a, an adventure over there this year, too, between the <laughs> lightning storms and the way they changed up the order of things and how they're doing it. It's just been it's, – it's always fun to watch the dots over there because you're watching it over seven or eight days. And not just one, right? So, uh, How many are in it this year? There were 40-some started, and I know they're dropping. Um, you know, we always lose some to gastrointestinal stuff and uh, <laughs> things like that, heat exhaustion and, you know, just plain uh, the horses not being uh, cooperative. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they changed this year so that usually what happened was the first ones to come into the vet stations and where you switch out your horses, they would talk to the, you know, the local the local Mongolians and say, which horse is the fastest? And, you know, talk to the farmers and say, which one they got that's fastest? And they would take the fastest one. Uh, but they're not doing that this year. Everybody coming in gets a lottery. So they just pull numbers. So you can end up with the worst. You could be in the lead and end up with the worst horse and uh, just be out of it. You know, so it kind of changed the whole, the whole complexity of the whole race, which is what I think they were trying to do. Was you know, just anybody can be out at any time. So, so that's fun. <laughs> so, I think, but we've had a leader now. I uh, as she she took off in the lead and is still in the lead six days later, coming you know, and hopefully coming into the finish line. So we may have a uh, a leader throughout the whole entire race. And uh, where is she from? She's from uh, Germany originally, lives in Australia now. Okay. So she's, you know, quite the horsewoman, obviously. And, and you know, to ride that ride and to finish it, and especially in the front, you're tough. You're a, you're a tough. You're a tough guy or you're a tough girl. Uh, <laughs> you're just plain tough. <laughs> so, just like all the people that finish Tavis. That's right. You're that just tough. That is also a very tough, challenging ride. Just, you're badass. I mean, you're badass yeah. like Heather. I mean, Heather's still t- laughing about falling down and, you know, bruising her entire body. That's badass. So, you know, everybody <laughs> riding over there is badass. And we'll have we'll have a winner probably by tomorrow or Thursday, and Devin's going to come back on Friday and join us, and we'll, we'll kind of do a Mongol Derby wrap for you. Well, thank you, Karen, for putting today's show together. I know you had to juggle. The, uh, actually, uh, thank you to also our guests because they're all on vacation right now, so <laughs> we appreciate them joining us on vacation and, and getting up early to join us. And thank you for putting it together where can people find more from you or uh keep an eye on you um nv endurance writer twitter or facebook 
I think I'm on uh, Instagram, too. All right. Sounds good. NB Endurance Rider. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Jamie and I will be back for another Horses in the Morning on Wednesday. Always weird news day, and there's plenty of that in the world.